the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Talking Catholic. I'm Jen Morrow, and with me is Mike Walsh. I'm laughing because why are you laughing? I'm laughing because every time we do a podcast where someone decides to write down their intro beforehand, it always has that same sort of stilted way about it, as opposed to the usual, you know, loosey goosey way of doing things that we typically do. But I like it. I, in, in the early years, I used to get accused of this podcast sounding too much like NPR, so it was a nice sort of like coming back to that. So I appreciate that. I'm it was actually nice. just afraid I'm going to stumble over "hello" right in the beginning, <laughs> so I thought I should just write it down. I respect that. That was a, that was a good choice. How are you? today, Jen. I'm actually really well. It's been a great day. Well, you say that in a, in a way like you wouldn't have ordinarily anticipated having a good it's day. true. I do say that. Now yeah. I just spent some time with our uh, diocesan community today down in the schools and met some new people and uh, I was, met a lot of great kids and principals and teachers. So it was a great day. Well, you want to tell people what you were at? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I was at St. Rose of Lima School today in Haddon Heights, uh, where the the children had worked and the school had worked with the state police to collect items for the Afghan refugees that are being housed at the military post. Cool. So it was really great that they did an amazing job. They filled three trucks full, uh, three trucks full of items. And they were really excited to help the state police load everything up. And they talked a lot about how their Catholic faith calls them to do this. So it was very uplifting. That's wonderful. I wish I could have been there. That would have been a great experience. I, but I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that so many people were there, and I'm glad that they did such an amazing job that they filled three truckloads of of stuff. That isn't that is truly shocking. Did they happen to say over how long a period of time they were doing the collection? Only two weeks. My goodness. Yeah, they this, did all that in two weeks. The stage was completely full of bags and baby strollers and diapers and toys. And you know what I I really found touching is that your you immediate reaction might be really toys so we have to send this but you know the kids were really excited to send toys because they wanted to make sure that the, their counterparts from Afghanistan these other young kids that they had some sense of comfort Aww. and that's why they wanted to send those things to them like they know that they're out of their 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 homes and they might not know anybody but here we go we got some nice toys to make you feel more like home you know what that's really wonderful and I'm glad it came from our Catholic schools you know it shows the the charity that uh, our kids were taught in Catholic schools and I, I really appreciate that that's wonderful that's truly wonderful it was truly. It was a great yeah. way to start a morning. Yeah. Oh, and I was stuck in a meeting instead. I wish I was there. Aww. What are you going to do? I know. Oh, it was a nice meeting. It went well, but it was a meeting nonetheless. Um, well, that's good. Well, we've had a, this has been a busy week in the diocese. You know, we last weekend, as we talked about in the last podcast, we we uh, distributed our bishop's medals and opened the synod, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, it was actually, I thought it was one of the most joyous days I've had in a very long time, say almost two years, as a matter of fact, I might even venture to say, since the pandemic began. It was uh, probably the biggest event we've had, the most joyful event. Um, it, you know, it was a great opportunity as, of an opening of this great process of the synod. So, so I, you know, I've, I know I said this in the last podcast, but I really hope people will take it upon themselves to be active participants in their parishes as they're uh, working through the, the synod process at the parish level, which only lasts a very short period of time. 
I think just uh, November and December, and then it uh, moves to the next level, which would be the deanery level. So if you want to take part in it, reach out to your parishes now. And uh, if you haven't heard what synod work that they're doing, uh, make sure you bug your pastor about it because, you know, it's possible they got distracted. Of course, not in the Diocese of Camden, but in other dioceses, that might have been the case. Our pastors are right on the board, (laughs) but but there's no, no dragging their feet at all. It's wonderful. We have such great soldiers here. Well, everybody that I saw at the Synod looked very excited to be there, and I saw a lot of, you know, prayer-filled eyes, so to speak, since there were a lot of masks, but, um, and then I watched it again on the live stream video on the Diocese of Camden's uh, YouTube video, just mm-hmm. to hear Bishop's homily again, because it was very uplifting. It was. It was a great uplifting homily. And then and then watching, we gave out 75 Bishop's medals, and uh, I think about 60 people were there to receive them, and just watching them kind of, it was actually very touching. They, they went to people who have been working the diocese for a long time, and our own uh, Jim McBride, our, our retired photographer of 50 years um, for the paper, just retired a year or two ago. Um, received one, and Bishop made uh, made a, a particular note of his dedication to the to the diocese, which is actually the topic of today's uh, podcast, and that is working for the church. Um, and I don't mean that in the way of you had a call and you decided to become a priest or a sister or something like that. I mean you're just a working schmo like me, and you decided that you know someone commented or told you about a job opening for the church and. Uh, you're like, oh, that's an interesting idea, and you and you decide to jump ship where you are. In my case, corporate law, to uh, to come work for for the church, and what a unique experience it is. Now, you and I have actually worked for the church for a very short period of time, in my mind. Yeah. I, I've worked for the church uh, six years this month, as a matter of fact, and you've been working for the church for how long? This actually would be my sixth year. Oh, look at that! Mm-hmm. Who knew? Um, and you came from the, you know soulless world of journalism and I came from the soulless world of corporate law and uh, so did why did you come and join the you you were you first started out with the diocese of Trenton right yes I started I started there first but actually today at Haddon Heights at the school when I got in my car to drive away I said this is why I work for the church Really? To report this kind of news instead of, you know, the accidents on the parkway or, um, you know, what's going on murders, around like that. Yeah, deaths. murders, floods, deaths. Mm-hmm. I, I jumped ship, as you would say. I don't know if that's the right word for what I did. That might be your case. But <laughs> oh, that's what I did. Absolutely. I <laughs> no shame. No, no shame at all. Uh, yeah, because I wanted to make a difference. You know what? This is so cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wanted to be part of the solution, not the problem. You're right. That is cliche. But right. it, 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 in this case, it's apropos. Because that, that, that was sort of, for me, it was I had worked long enough with uh, not the angels that I thought it was about time I worked with the angels for a little while. I, I literally had to feed my soul. That's why I, I, I've been doing a lot of soulless work. And uh, it, it, similarly, I felt the, the need to come here. And now we've only worked for the church for six years apiece. Most of the people I've worked work with have worked for the church for decades. Yeah. And for the first six years I've worked here, I couldn't figure out why nobody ever left. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we st- then we did a series. So we're having this big job fair, right? Right. In November, for the Diocese of Camden. Uh, you know, remember what the day is? I do. It's on November tenth. It will be held at the Church of Saint Mary in Cherry Hill from three to seven p.m. Perfect. Hmm. Uh, and very easy to access uh, uh, church in Cherry Hill. The, um, so 
what we've been wanting to do is kind of promote the value of working for the church and talk to a few people who have been working for the church for quite a while because you know we gave out all these bishops medals and i was amazed we were they were given out in various years right so 10 plus years 25 25 plus years and 40 plus years and i remember talking to the vicar general and going how many 40 plus years people are we going to find because the concept of working someplace for 40 years is just completely foreign to me uh, as someone who this is now the longest i've ever worked anywhere and uh, I was amazed that if we gave out 25, if we had, uh, I want to say we gave out 20 medals for people who were there 40 years or more. And I just, I'm flummoxed by that. Do you want to stay here for 40 years? Wow. Way to put me on the spot. No yes. problem. Yes, Michael Walsh, I do want <laughs> to stay here for 40, 40 years. years. Yes. All right. Well, that's good. Actually, you know what? I would absolutely love to work for the church as long as humanly possible. Really? I love the people I meet. Really? Yeah. The last six years have been the best years of my professional life. You know, as much as I fill this uh, podcast with sarcasm and j- a jaded, you know, there's a word I'm looking for that I can't pull right now, but uh, a sepia tone of jadedness that um, I think I, I, I tend to agree completely with you <laughs> that uh, the reason I love working here is because I love the people I work with. They are genuinely wonderful human beings. So we wanted to highlight that a little bit. And for, for those who are listening who have never had the opportunity to work for the church, um, that it really is an amazing experience. And if you know of someone who may have, you know, a talent that the the church could put to use, you know, consider this job fair or any job fairs or check out the employment sections of your local diocese or your local parish and, and consider it. So today we brought in three people of varying backgrounds, of uh, varying times associated with the church, and uh, we wanted to sort of talk to them a little bit about uh, why they came here and if it was for as jaded as reasons as you and I. <laughs> I bet it's not. I bet you, yeah, <laughs> Maybe knows? it is. Yes, yeah, so um, with us today we have Karen Fisher. She is the manager of parish based senior programs for Vitality, the Diocese Healthcare Ministry. Do I have that right, Karen? Yes, yes you do. Great. Yeah. Uh, we have Dr. Bill Watson. He is the superintendent of Catholic schools for the Diocese of Camden. Thank you, Bill. My pleasure to be here. And. We also have Kevin Hickey, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities, Diocese of Camden. So, pretty excited to have everybody. Was that a little too NPR for you? Nice to be here, although I will say, uh, Jennifer, just so the audience knows, you let me know about 20 minutes ago that you want to be on this. (laughs) That is typically how we do things around here, (laughs) which is why we all work for the church, because we're willing to step up when asked. Yes, and you rallied. I'm so excited. By the way, do um, Dr. Watson and Mr. Hickey have other titles by any chance? (laughs) I think they should tell us about them themselves. (laughs) We'll get to that later. We like to joke around that there are a number of us who were were named secretaries of different divisions of the diocese, and we all all are very humble about using it, but every time we, we have to introduce ourselves, people ask, do you want to be called the Secretary for Communication? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Just Director of Communication is fine. So anyway, thank the three of you for, for joining us today. So I kind of want to – I'm trying to think. Who's been – I think it's you, Kevin. You've been working for the church the longest, I believe. I, I could be. It's been quite a while. Where where did you get your start in church life? I got my start in church life on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Wow. So that's, that's 1975. But apropos of the uh, the nature of this podcast, I jumped ship. Yeah, I, wa- I went away from the church. You did? Oh, yeah. I got filled with uh, visions of grandeur when I went to graduate school. Uh, and I got 
uh, my head, uh, you know, way up there, my <laughs> nose way up there. Um, so I can talk about more about that later. But yeah, I jumped ship because then I worked for Catholic Charities in Chicago, Catholic Charities West Virginia, um, and then I went away for twenty years. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You I, did jump ship. I, yeah. I, the uh, so there's hope for me yet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then I came back. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I guess the first question is, what got you into to Catholic life to begin with? Well, I just was uh, saying to some of the younger staff, and incidentally, I'd really, uh, for younger people, the job fair would be a great opportunity to maybe find a place. And, and even if you don't think you want to stay somewhere for a long time, it you get really good formation. Mm-hmm. Um, say Catholic Charities, or I'm sure all the other offices within the diocese, too. Um what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to Catholic life? Oh, I, okay, yes. Thank you, Michael. I was just talking to some younger uh, colleagues. It was St. Louis University where I went undergrad, and uh, I was educated by Jesuits and imbued with that, that whole sense of uh, being a person for others, uh, social justice, social action. Uh, so it was a natural fit mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm go to the Indian Reservation after I graduated, and then Chicago and West Virginia. So um, that's what brought me to it. Um, you know, and I had a moment, you were talking about uh, being with the, the kids this morning. I still remember driving to Detroit, Michigan in 1976 for this, uh, what became somewhat of a notorious con- uh, conference in uh, Catholic social ministry. And of course, that was the bicentennial, and and this was uh, so it was filled with uh, Michael a bunch of radicals, mm-hmm. uh, and came up with this wild blueprint for the church, you know. And the, the, anyways, I remember driving from West Virginia. The driver was a deacon. He was a coal miner. The the this uh, Chevy, uh, one of those big old uh, suburban kind of things. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, right. uh-huh. It was like ten of us in this thing. Okay. And uh, you know it was dark, and we would stop at crazy places for coffee. And I just thought, this is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, what a what a wild ride. Uh, what interesting people. This deacon, the coal miner, he was an electrician. He worked in the mines. Wow. His idea of a good time in the mines when he was having lunch was to turn his lights off. Oh, my goodness. And he's sitting there, and he was describing, I still remember this as we're driving on the interstate, he's describing the silence of the earth. and, and then, mm-hmm. But you can hear the earth moving, which, of course, would be terrifying to me. Sure, yeah, sure yeah. of course. Anyway, so that was my introduction. So, you know, I'll fast forward, I remembered that years later, the, that, that fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what brought me back. So, well, enough about me. Now, tell me, what do you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> I think your I think your first story is as peculiar as I anticipated. <laughs> Thank right, you for not it. disappointing. <laughs> so, Bill, how about you? What brought you to Catholic life? Uh, Please tell me it was some other form of hippiness. <laughs> well, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it depends who you ask. I was um, I I actually also started and my after college in. Uh, Catholic school, teaching at a Catholic school, and I was uh, part of the Alliance for Catholic Education, which is a, um, a program out of the University of Notre Dame, uh, which was specifically to take young uh, 
college graduates, Catholic college graduates, and to teach in uh, the Southeast at the time. Where there is, were not, is that where you went to uh, undergrad? Uh, no, I was oh. at Tulane University. So, oh, Tulane. yeah, so the, the, I got in, so I got connected with Notre Dame in a, in a I would, I'd like to say a providential way. So I, I toward the end of, uh, toward the end of my time at Tulane, you know, you have to sort of figure out what you're going to do. And I thought, well, maybe Teach for America would be would be for me because I'd always thought about being a teacher and so forth. So I got all my application materials together. I submitted that. Whatever I went, I had the, you know, I went to the app, the interview day, and you know, and all that. And um, while I was, I was sort of pretty fresh off of that. My mom. Uh, <laughs> Got uh, sent me an article from the Notre Dame alumni magazine. My brother was is a graduate of Notre Dame, and she said, "Bill, this looks you know kind of interesting." And it was this fledgling program at that time, four years uh, old uh, or four years young, called the Alliance for Catholic Education, and it was for you know a sh- for shorthand, kind of a Catholic school teach for America. Mm. So I thought, well, maybe I'll apply to that too. But the deadline for application was in three days by the time I got the article and read it. So I called and I said, you know, can I still get my stuff in? And they said, sure, go ahead and, you know, submit it, whatever. So anyway, I, so I got my my, uh, my materials in for that. And um, then shortly thereafter, I had a phone interview and I then I flew to Notre Dame for an in-person interview. So I thought, well, maybe they, uh, maybe they like the application. Um, so then when it came time to kind of make a decision, uh, I was informed by Teach for America that I wasn't selected. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get Teach for America, and then I was informed by ACE that they wanted me to come and join that cohort. So I like to think that that is, um, I think the Lord knows that I sometimes agono- agonize <laughs> over decisions and make them very, especially personal ones, and make them very difficult. And I like to think that was uh, God giving me a hand there toward the end of my college career and saying, this, this one's for you. Um, either that or thinking, boy, I really don't want him to mess this one up. You should t- <laughs> take that one. Um, so anyhow, I ended up as a, as a seventh and eighth grade religion and math and science teacher in Mobile, Alabama. And um, then uh, did that for, for two years in the program and then stayed around for a third year. And then I went, uh, and another thing that I'd always sort of thought about was to work uh, in a science museum. Hmm. And Mobile had a science museum, so I was hired there as the director of education. So I left the church as well, or working for the church anyway. Uh, from there, went to graduate school and then got a job at a bigger museum. I worked at the Smithsonian at uh, the Museum of Natural History. I didn't know that, wow. Yeah, yeah, and I did that for uh, four or five years. And what really drew me back, I have to say, um, was just this feeling that I, I, I well, I can I can tell you specifically, it was right around the time of the um, the Sandy Hook shootings, mm. and I was deeply saddened by that. And I uh, I remember sitting in my uh, in my house, and my, my wife was there, and and I just remember saying to her. There's so much sadness in the world, and there's so much good to be done, and I'm not doing any of it. Mm. And um, that was sort of the moment when I started looking, you know, to uh, to come back to um, working for the church. And um, things, one thing led to another. The position at the time of uh, director of curriculum and assessment was available here, and I had grown up in this diocese at the time. I was work, obviously living in uh, in Northern Virginia, so I could work in Washington. And um, I was selected for that for that position, and I've been here ever since. You know, and then uh, subsequently became the superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know that's not to say I, I just 
by you know as a footnote to that story that's not to say that the work that the people who work at the Smithsonian is are doing is not important sure. you know but I feel like having been a Catholic school teacher and and gotten a taste of what the kind of work that I felt God was calling me to do was um, and that that I was it became clear to me that I was no longer doing that kind of that kind of work that kind of good um, so I was very um, blessed to be able to find a, a pathway back mm-hmm. hmm. that's that, that's wonderful I, I also enjoy when people leave the church and uh, working for the church and come back again that's always good to hear too yeah it's very yeah. uplifting yeah. so Karen what about you well, did you work my, in Mobile, Alabama at all, or in an no, Indian reservation? My, sto- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my story is nowhere near as exciting. No, that means oh, that your story probably before. sounds a lot like mine. <laughs> it doesn't involve so, a, a deacon and a, and a suburban. No, <laughs> no, no travel, none of that. I'm just a, a worker bee, like uh, most people are, I guess you would want to say. And um, I guess my work uh, life began after I got out of college. I went to LaSalle University. I'm a Philly girl originally, so uh, we moved over to New Jersey after we got married, after I got married. And uh, so I'm originally a Philly girl, went to LaSalle and majored in business, finance, and had visions of myself going up the corporate ladder Mm -hmm. and making lots of money and, uh, (laughs) you know, I had those same visions. Yes, and uh, you know, that was the dream. (laughs) And um, then after getting married and moving here, and then uh, we started our family, and suddenly that dream didn't really feel so important anymore. And so uh, I took some time off and started to raise our family. And uh, once the the kids got to school age, um, I thought, well, I think I'm ready now. I can jump back into the workforce. So, um, but I didn't want to have a career where it was all consuming. I, I just knew myself enough to know that I wouldn't be able to balance life and career and have the family that I wanted to have, mm-hmm. yeah. meaning family first. And uh, coming from a background of finance, I knew that if you go back into the corporate world, often you know that's your priority first. It's very hard to fit the family in around that. So um, that was my priority. So I ended up at my parish school. Um, our parish was creating a uh, pre-K program, a four, four-year program, four-year-old pre-k program and I met um, the principal called me and asked if I would be interested in helping with that process and so she introduced me to the person who they chose as the teacher who happens to be uh, Bobby Bradley or was Bobby Bradley and um, that's when I first met her and Bobby Bradley for those that don't know um, was the director of the senior ministry at St. Peter's when they created the senior ministry there Um, and then she eventually even came to work at Vitality and now she's over at Sacred Heart working uh, for the diocese with the retired priests so that was my first introduction to uh, Bobby and the process of creating the school and the program. So we did that for a couple of years and then um, they made some changes and the program was no longer um, financially, I guess, uh, they decided to go in a different direction. So I ended up at the uh, Morristown School District in New Jersey and I worked there for 11 years as an aide in the classrooms, uh, working with children who had disabilities or learning issues. Um, behavior issues and those kinds of things. So I did that for 11 years. And then 
after that time, I, I begin, began to feel that I wanted something a little more meaningful to me. Um, and I just felt like I was being called. It was the oddest feeling because I'd never experienced that before. And so I just started putting my feelers out and looking around. And um, Bobby again entered my world, and she suggested that I uh, apply for the graduate program at Villanova in church management. And I, I kept saying, oh, I don't have time for that. I can't do that. And I, I kept finding reasons not to do it. So, for example, I said, oh, it's too expensive. I don't have the money for that. And it turned out that the diocese paid a third, and your parish paid a third, and you pay a third, and the Villanova cut the tuition 50%. And I thought, I can't not do this. Yeah, There's yeah. never going to be another opportunity for a graduate degree in this, this way. So, so I went ahead and I did that. Um, and then I graduated from that. And I thought, now what do I do? I have this degree. I need to do something with it. So I started looking around, and I saw an ad in the Star Herald for an administrative assistant in the Vitality program. And Vitality Catholic Healthcare Services was a new ministry for the diocese. And so I thought, well, I kind of like the idea of getting in on the ground floor and working my way through because I want to know what it is. I want to see what the program is all about and learn as I go. So I, but I, I, the idea of working for the church as both Bill and Kevin experienced was, you know, oh, I don't know if I really want to go. That tug of the corporate world was still there. And I thought, I don't know about working for the church, but I kept saying no, but this ad kept coming back to me. Every time I opened the paper, there it was, and I kept reading it and reading it, and I, no, no, no. And then a friend of mine that works at the diocese called me, and she said, you should apply for that job. You would be perfect for that job. And I thought, oh, I don't know about that. So I said, I'll go just to practice my interviewing skills <laughs> for my real job yeah. that I'll get after this. And I came in for the interview uh, with Deacon Jerry, and er everything just fell into place. It just felt right. Uh, I felt good about it. And when I learned what Vitality was, it just seemed like a good fit for me. Um, we, we, there's six different ministries and so many, so much good outreach um, that they do. So. So I accepted the position, and that was six years ago. As, Man, something yes, about six years. Yes, something wow. in the sixes. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so I started there, and I uh, just recently uh, changed positions within Vitality to the manager of parish-based senior programs. So and I'm very happy with that. And, I, and again, I started the same way. I started with the little ones, and now I'm uh, working with the seniors. <laughs> and, right. and they're just wonderful. I just love working with the seniors. And there's just so much good work being done in the ministries here. And it just feels right. feels like a good fit. That's a good story. You know, you mentioned something um, that I also think is important when you were talking about raising a family and and that's one thing that I know I like working with the church as well like I feel that the church is very um uh, what is the word I'm looking for open embracing yeah observant it, the fact that you have a family and I mean, what we do and all of our different ministries is very can be very taxing and long hours but you know family comes first and I feel like working for the church that has always been something that's been 
you know, made very, very apparent and yes. that they you know, look out for your family yes. and yourself or you can't do your own ministry. Right. Yeah, our right. superintendent of schools has 27 kids. That do need a lot sometimes. <laughs> now, what, five, five kids, right? Five, yes. Right. Five yeah. kids. No, it's always, you know, when uh, – but I, I'd like to just echo that. You know, the um, – you definitely – the church is very, very family-friendly. I mean, the family is the uh, the nucleus of the church, right? So um, – that, and that's just very evident, you know, and, uh, and that – yeah, I think uh, – I've always felt very, very supported. Um, even the times when it feels like there's 27 kids, <laughs> uh, and there are only five. The um, so Kevin, you at this table, you've probably done the most hiring uh, in your position as an executive director here and elsewhere. Um, you know, when you're like, what do you look for? I, I've often said that I've been in a few hiring opportunities with you. And you hire your interview process is completely different than anything I'd ever seen before. Um, for one thing, it involved things like prayer and the Holy Spirit. And uh, coming from the corporate world, you know that was all you know something that I couldn't ever even begin to imagine being part of the being part of you know the perspective of potential candidates for yeah. a job. What do you look at or look for when you are interviewing somebody? Or when you hear from a, a candidate shows an interest in a job. So we'll echo uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict, who talks about who, sh- what's the, what are the qualities of somebody working in a Caritas agency like Catholic Charities, and so he says uh, first is professional competence, and then the second is heart formation. So. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of some of the interviews you and I have participated in, and and as I think about what Pope Benedict just sketched out, in those interviews you would focus on professional competence, which meant I was like, okay, fine, he can do that, that's fine, and I'm <laughs> going to focus on this other thing, heart formation, and and what I think is helpful in Catholic charities are people who are aware or in fact have experienced. Um, you know, their own vulnerability, their own, uh, dare I say, brokenness, uh, because that is what, well, of course, the whole world is broken, but this is our stock and trade, obviously, people who are wounded and, uh, you know, are carrying a lot, around a lot of trauma. And so staff members' own sense of their vulnerability, maybe even their own trauma that they've experienced, is, is that combined with professional competence is, you know, that's where uh, I think we're looking for. And and it doesn't mean that we're looking for people to come in and start sobbing in the interview. No, that's not that. <laughs> it's just, just a, their own sense. And, you know, sometimes that, that'll that come out. It did come out in someone that we know well. Yeah. Um, and, and who is a wonderful, wonderful staff person. So there's that. I'm also, you know, we are not, um, we, we are a bridge institution from the church into the world. And uh, so, you know, that's comp- that's a complex undertaking. So, we're, you know, we're looking for bright people. Um, so, now stop there. How's that? <laughs> well, that, that's good. <laughs> All right. Jenny, you say them? I just want to hear more about the the interview between the the sad part of the world that you Mike and the heart <laughs> of Kevin. <laughs> I, I find that very I, well, interesting. The yeah, interview I, process I, here. I, you know, I. We probably should go back and ask people. Well, we have someone who's in the other room who's experienced 
you know, being interviewed by the two of us. <laughs> and I, I would not want to be that person because I distinctly remember, you know, he's, you know, he's, he leans into it, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, got, he's sort of, uh, you know, he's got this. Swagger? Yeah, swagger. Okay. And this particular word. interview I remember is I'm sitting there like, you know, like, like, because <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, this is not interesting, you know. And then something, this person said something, and I distinctly remember sitting straight up, sitting straight up, because uh, that's that's what I, it was the interesting mm -hmm. to me. It's like, okay, there's something yeah. there. And you know how typically there's two sides to a story. Uh huh. That's my side, and that's no, no, the no, best no. side. You know what? I, well, here's the thing: is so that was an interview that he and I took, and I saw that happen. Like I, I witnessed his change from "Why am I here?" to <laughs> "This is the this is this person has really piqued my interest." And it was a, like he has no poker face of any kind. Oh, true. Um, and and it's true. I, I think in that same interview we got into an argument in the middle of the interview as well. That's a distinct possibility. I really want to be a fly <laughs> on the like, wall in the next interview. Like, can you imagine being interviewed by the two of us? Mike and I have interviewed people together. And I, I'm just thinking about how brutal those are. <laughs> Professional competence on one hand and professional competence on the other hand. We got to bring Kevin in next time we interview. Like, Holy cow! But it's it's true though. You know, to Kevin's credit, and I've said this many times, he has a skill set that I I don't possess, and thank God he has it. Um, that he's able to find that soul in a person. Whereas I come, I work in a very soulless job. You know, I, I, I was, was as you guys were talking, I was thinking about. Oh, so you've each sort of explained why you came to the church. And, you know, I was thinking about why I came to the church, and it was for all of the most selfish reasons. It really was. <laughs> what? I, I remember Let's specifically. Hear. I came, and, but they were. The, I came to the church because I had worked in nonprofits once before, uh, actually a couple times before, but Yeah, we don't notably. need to hear where you worked in what nonprofit. Michael. Okay, that's fine. Volunteers in America, Delaware Valley, under the, the wise <laughs> instruction of Dan Lombardo, uh, the CEO. Um, but while I was there, you know, I kind of got this taste for, for, you know, nonprofit life. And the thing I got that I really loved about it, aside from the fact that I was never bored, was that you didn't just work one job, you worked a dozen jobs. I did everything while I was there, and it was great. Then I decided that I wanted to make money, to Karen's point. So I went and did corporate law for several years and sold my soul, made a ton of money, sold my soul, and really didn't find anything about it fulfilling. So, but one of the things that I also didn't find fulfilling about it is I was doing one job all the time, the same thing, in a cubicle, one job. Mm -hmm. And there were great things that went with it. You know, I worked in the high rise, I made a lot of money, had great food, five-star events, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I traveled all over the country. That stuff was wonderful, but it was there was no soul nourishment at all. But more importantly, it was also professionally draining, uh, more, more important to me at that time. So I knew if I came here, I was going to get the opportunity again to do a thousand different things and actually work on my professional development. I was a very good marketer, but I had virtually no experience and no no significant experience in crisis communications other than a few things that I had done in the past, but not nothing on a regular basis. So I wanted to come to the church and pick up all of those skill sets that I wasn't able to find anyplace else because working for a People might think of the diocese as this big lumbering entity, but actually it's, particularly our diocese is run on a shoestring budget and we don't have a ton of extra staff, so you do a ton of other stuff. 
I spent last week in spreadsheets, and I should be nowhere near a spreadsheet, but it was because somebody had to do it, and that person was going to be me. I also do a lot of heavy lifting. I lift a lot of big boxes. Um, although not for Karen, as she was bringing in big boxes today, but I did hold the door open for her. <laughs> totally ignored me. <laughs> Here I am, struggling Sounds to open right, the door, Karen. but he did hold the door, I so I have to give him that. <laughs> Professional competency. <laughs> she's good. She's a strong woman. She doesn't need me to carry it. Handle it. So, so I, so I did. I came here selfishly, which was to pick up all these different skill sets. And while I, it wasn't done for the soul fulfilling reasons that the rest of you did it for. Uh, truthfully, it was really to pick up those skill sets. I've had the benefit of everything else and the benefit of incredible professional development because of, of my time here. I haven't learned how to be nicer to people, but I have learned how to do all these jobs in an important way. It's true, though. Can I just just throw you under the bus here, at least a little? Don't ruin my reputation. Oh, never mind. I better stop talking then. <laughs> I like when people I, like I mean. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say just before you know that that idea about versatility, I think, is really, really that resonates with me a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's really never a dull moment, and that, that may just I don't know if that's. I think that's in part the nature of uh, ministry, to your point, Mike, that there's there's so many needs to be met, um, and we're here to meet them, mm-hmm. and and whatever that takes to do, and that we have a, a small number of very, very dedicated people to do that. And so certainly that's true of working in the diocese, and that's very appealing to me. Um, you know, I, my, my experience, my largest experience in the diocese is with schools. And I can absolutely assure you um, that that is the case for anybody who works in a school, whether it's the principal or the teachers or an aide or the secretary or the maintenance person or someone who works in the cafeteria. There, you know, yes, you have your your job, but there are, you know, there's always that sort of last line in the job description, which is other duties as assigned. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you feel like it. It, maybe the font ought to be bigger on that. Um, but but that's I don't say that as a way to say, you know, there, there's any kind of bait and switch or anything like that. I, I think this work really appeals to people who appreciate the versatility and, and sharing their talents um, in many different ways uh, to meet many different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least being open to... Um, God working through us to meet those needs, yeah. yes. uh, especially where our own competen- competencies are not sufficient for that. So, yeah, you know, that's there's a lot of truth, that, and it, it it was an eye-opening experience for me because <laughs> to sort of go back to what Kevin said earlier and about looking for the heart of things. I, I remember the first major event I had working at the diocese, one of the first major ones, but it was a big one. And um, I was really where it was a major event. It was going to be a four days long. It was the convocation of Catholic leaders in South Jersey. Big, big deal. Being held in Atlantic City for, at a big conference hall, like 600 people there. Big thing. I'd worked on bigger, but this is the first one I'd, I'd worked on for the diocese. And, and, and every time I do events, I worry so much about them. Like, I just want to make sure everything is done right. Um, and I remember the Vicar General, Father Hughes, pulling me aside by myself because I was really kind of not not freaking out, but I was like, man, how are we going to – I have no trust that this is going to happen. I have no faith in anything. This is – where do we have to – he's like, Mike, you have the Holy Spirit on your side. Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction to that was to laugh out loud because I had come from an area where we didn't rely on the Holy Spirit. We relied on graphs and lawsuits. You know, that was how we were going to be certain that something was going to be done. <laughs> And the threat of lawsuits, anyway, and liability and things of that nature. Um, 
And he was like, Mike, you have the Holy Spirit on your side. It's going to be fine. And the truth of the matter was the Holy Spirit has done more more in my professional life than I think I've ever realized and and sort of to what the, what Bill was saying earlier about how things sort of like fall in place. Like sometimes God takes over and he's like, okay, let me let me help you with this. And, and Karen, you kind of said the same thing. And and it's a weird thing to think about as a professional. I, I have to believe in your time in journalism, Jen, there wasn't a lot of time when you were expecting the Holy Spirit to really help with that deadline. No, not at all. And, and uh, it's funny you're talking about this because I've already had a few instances here where I don't know what's going on the front page. That's a full disclosure right there. <laughs> and the next day, these amazing assignment will will drop in our lap, and there's the front cover. There it is. It's you know, I'll go home at the end of the night going, "What are we gonna What are we gonna do?" And an, an event comes up, and we shoot the photos and do it a story, and it turns out to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's also it's interesting. Is there are times that I leave the office saying. Okay, well, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll see the staff tomorrow. Um, we'll work on this story together, and and one of the staffers will say, "We'll just pray on it, and tomorrow we'll regroup. It'll it'll be okay. I'll say a prayer for it tonight." Wait, one of your staffers that, yes. is, that is my staffer yes. recommends praying for praying. something. Yes, All right, I'm going to need that person's name after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That would never happen. No. Well, it could happen, but it wouldn't be that. It would be atypical. Exactly. Yeah, of a and corporate world. It actually makes me stop almost every time. And that's disturbing to me saying, hold on, why did that make me stop and turn around and say, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete Sanchez, for saying that. <laughs> he is a good man, that Pete Sanchez. He is. He's a good, our, our staff writer is a good, faithful person who writes well and has a perspective that his associate publisher does not always possess, which is good. What about you? I'm curious, Karen. Um, as someone who works in Vitality, and you've had a you have a fairly sizable staff up here. I, I see them because they keep talking outside my office door. Um, th- when when you're talking with your I'm colleagues, that's why we do it. It's community. It's a topic for a different yeah. podcast. You're going to want to go up the up the hallway a little bit further for community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking to your colleagues, I mean, what do they say about I mean, you have a lot of hardened nurses in the in Vitality who have seen everything in hospitals and, and other vet, medical venues. You know, when they come to work here, like, is it a new experience for them or, or like kind of well, stuff they said? Well, I, I do think that the, the idea of working in a religious environment touches all of us and strengthens all of us because I feel like in the corporate world you can never – voice or be very um, make it known that that that's part of what you do Mm. and how you get your answers Mm. but when you work here what I love about it is you can always pray in the middle of anything everybody can just drop what they're doing just say a prayer and bring it all back to God which is who's orchestrating all of this anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think all of our nurses who have been in the trenches and have, as you mentioned, seen so much, it's comforting to work in an environment where you can lean on the Holy Spirit, you can lean on God, you have another tool in your toolbox to get you through what they face every day. And our care coordinators, I'm telling you, they face situations, and in Catholic charities, I'm sure they see the same things. 
the, the need is so great out there and people are hurting and they are uh, sick and they need help and they don't know where to go to get it. Yeah. And, and the pressure of finding that help for some of these people who are so desperate, children and families and uh, seniors, um, they just don't know where to go to get the help that they need. And so sometimes that pressure can be really uh, tough to deal with and to have that as part of your work day to know that that's okay to pray and to even bring up the notion of praying to to handle a problem or to handle a situation it's it's a wonderful way to work it's a peaceful way to work mm. it brings such peace to the environment and that's what I love about it it, it just brings me closer to my faith yeah. And I don't have to be embarrassed about that. Mm -hmm. And you can talk about it, and and it's it's okay. Right. And that's what I love about working in this environment. I like that you use the word tool in the toolbox because I know I mean that people who may be listening to this thinking, well, I don't know, you know, like the Bible, like the back of my hand. Can I still apply for the for a job in the in the diocese of Camden? You know, I, I, when Mike and I were speaking during my interview, I was I told him I'm. I wasn't. I'm not a cradle Catholic. Yeah, I, I grew up more Lutheran, and I went through my sacraments as an adult. I'm a journalist. I don't know the Bible like the back of my hand. And and Mike said, I you want a Bible. journalist. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you want the Bible? And he said, I want a journalist. And that really brought some peace of mind to me, knowing that. Okay, he's looking for the skills I have and to bring those skills to the church. And so I think that's important for anybody who wants to apply for the job or just check out the job fair to know we're looking for your skills to to use them here for the church. We don't need you to have, you know, all of this and, you theology know, behind it. I want to dovetail on that because I've actually been in the room with the bishop and the vicar general when they have been telling their, the priests of the diocese, the pastors of the diocese, that they need to be hiring from from, from the exper experts within their midst because every every parish has people like me of some degree or another has people like you of some degree or another everybody around this table of some degree or another there's a lot of talent out there um, and you know I have this this statement on my 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 whiteboard in my office it was said by Cardinal Tobin and basically it says that a budget is a theological document which is when you create your budget you are showing where you are going to put your, the resources, in, in that case of a parish or a diocese or a ministry or whatever, these are the things we are going to focus on. So if there, is, if there are things that your parish would be supported by hiring someone in some capacity to do that work, then you're showing that there is a theological element. You're, you, are, you are supporting Catholicism by hiring a professional to do that job. Maybe it's a part-time job, maybe it's a full-time job, who knows? But, you know, looking for a real – sometimes I think in the, in the church we rely on volunteers just a little too much, people mm -hmm. who are good-hearted um, but may not have the professional development to do some of the stuff. And that that's kind of goes back to, you know, when <laughs> Kevin and I have to hire people is I keep looking for the professional development, which he does too to his credit. It's just I'm – that's the only thing I'm focused on. And he's also looking at the spiritual side. Um, so maybe I err too far on the side of professionalism, but I would – encourage people to you know working for the church isn't the kind of thing I, I feel like there's this weird reputation that working for the church means something lesser when in reality it's some of the most skilled people I've ever met in my entire life and and 
that if you want to honor the church and the, 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 the and the work that the church does, then you should be hiring people who can professionally support it to the degree you would want them to support it. Right, mm-hmm. Kevin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. And yeah. Kevin, I want to know, we never got back to what brought you back to the church, did we? After the 20, 20 yeah, year yeah, hiatus, hiatus yeah, I was, uh, in the cave. I had, uh, was having a nice series of conversations with a monk. And uh, of course he was. Like what, you, what like you do? Yeah, which happens to all of us. I know that. <laughs> was it on top of a mountain? And or was it back in a suburban again? <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it was overseas, and I, you know, I was looking back across the uh, ocean, and sort of metaphorically, and just thinking about it, things, and you know, that I'd done, and I, I did go back to uh, West Virginia. Uh, and I do, uh, you know, that that drive from West Virginia to Detroit, Michigan, is etched in my head because I, um, and and then the other thing, uh, the other memory of Detroit was I remember sitting in this hall, and uh, this big banner up there was uh, it said Catholic Charities. Now I can't explain this, but I'm sure it, uh, it's got to be the spirit. I just like was connecting to those two words. So I, anyway, so now fast forward and, and I'm overseas and I'm looking back across the Atlantic Ocean and I'm remembering that. And what I realized is, oh, there was a fit. I, I didn't get into the call or it was just, I fit there. Uh, so I thought, you know, when I come back, I'm going to explore this. So here I am. So that's what happened. So I like that. Did one of you say something? Yeah, Kevin, you were the one that was talking about broken people. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, do you do you was that a Catholic charities thing or was that a Catholicism thing that you meant that that we're all a little bit broken and we can find some healing here in the church? I, I wasn't speaking to that. Yeah. I was speaking to the uh, the awareness and and one's own sensitivity to that. And so in in Catholic charities, that's you know we have all these broken people. Uh, I liken. Uh, what we do to uh, you can think about a party and you have you know people who are standing on the sidelines and for us those are poor people victims of domestic violence migrants immigrants whatever and they don't really feel like they're included in the dance of life so if you have a sense of your own vulnerability brokenness whatever you know you'll be you'll be natural to want to bring these people into the dance of life so that's what I was thinking about we, and I hasten to add any young people, uh, Catholic Charities, as Mr. Walsh knows, uh, is not filled with pious people. Uh, <laughs> That's like well aware. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a fair amount of, uh, at times, blue language because of what's going on and, and our own frustrations. And, you know, we never have enough of anything, money, staff, uh, time, whatever. Uh, so we're pressed. Um, so, but, but again, there's this... Uh, it is remarkable, I'm talking about Catholic Church specifically, but I think vitality in Catholic schools uh, represent the three things that church has built in this country, health, education, and social services, to go into the world. So they're really remarkable institutions. Uh, so, you know, there's meaning to this, and, and I think people are looking for meaning. So I, I remember 9-11, and I was in Memphis at the time, and uh, we we encountered so many people that were envious of this work, this meaning that mm. uh, they imagined, assumed was going on in Catholic Charities in this case. Um, and, and so I think, you know, we need to sell that. 
uh, because I think people are, you know, looking for meaning, obviously. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah. And don't worry, there's lots of blue language in the communications department, too. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> I would like to come to a, uh, what is it, the Monday meeting? <laughs> You're welcome anytime, anytime. Kevin. Anytime. I've heard about <laughs> this. To that, like. yeah. we're, we're not allowed to use that language with kids in schools, so uh, don't come to us. Never. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, look at Bill. He's looking very angelic. So, Bill, I mean, you know, you've done some hiring in your past, a lot of principals and stuff like that. You look for similar things? Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I joke about, you know, only looking for professional competency, but there's a, there's a definitely, um, it, you know, I think we all know that, that a prerequisite of the job is to have a relationship with God mm -hmm. um, because that's who we are. Uh, but I also feel like, you know, it's important to say everybody's on a journey. You know, you say it's not, you know, Catholic Charities isn't filled with pious people, you know, and, um, you know, but I I don't think any, any place is necessarily, but I think we're all on a journey, you know. So there's no... Um, you know, if that if I, th I would imagine for some people hearing this, they've heard us talk and they could imagine themselves sitting around this table because of you know similar experiences. There are probably other people who who are wondering if they would fit in. You know, but and I, and I would say, um, everyone who is you know everyone who's a Catholic mm -hmm. is on a, their own journey, is on their own faith journey, and has a relationship with God, which gives you a seat at the table, so to speak. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't use that as a um, if I were a person listening to this, thinking about maybe a career transition or a workplace transition, I wouldn't use that as a, as a limiting factor. Um, it, because if you're even listening to this, then you're, I think you're already there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just wanted to, you know, highlight that, but, but you do, when well, you're, so. when you're hiring people, you, um, to, to your point, Mike, you, um, you do look for the professional competencies, but there's a lot of, um, uh, learning about each other, mm -hmm. you know, which mm -hmm. is, I think what we do in the ministry too. And Jen, that's something you've commented to me a couple of times, both at your time in the Diocese of Trenton and then when you upgraded to the Diocese of Camden. You talked about... <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Thank yeah. you. You talked about Just how... slipped those right in, and it's, I don't see them coming, and I should by now. I really should. But, but in all seriousness, you talk... And it, actually, I almost felt bad about hiring you away from the, from the Diocese of Trenton. Because you talked about the the familial relationship you had with your coworkers, and that is something that I f I do see here all the time. To to my own chagrin, most of the time is just how much of a family feel it feels like. Um, so the communication staff and the the monitor staff that you worked with there, <coughs> mm -hmm. you said that one of the most difficult parts of coming here was leaving them. Yes. But then you also said one of the things that mm, you're happiest about here is sort of like everyone feels like family in the Catholic Star Herald, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right. I'm, I can't say there haven't been days that I, I cried at the beginning leaving the monitor family. Because um, they were family. I was only there five years. I think I was closer to, to those employees than I've ever been in the 15 years before that in a professional mm -hmm. capacity. But uh, at, at the same time, the Herald has welcomed me with open arms, and you know, already gotten to know some amazing stories from them that that they opened up and shared with me right away, and vice versa. And and they they were heartfelt stories, like stories you don't just tell somebody you just meet, and, and they're stories that you share with somebody that you plan to make a good friend and a family member. So yeah. I feel like that with a lot of people I've met here. 
And, and I would tend to agree. So as we wrap up, uh, I want to encourage you, uh, if you're interested in it, check out uh, camdendiocese.org for our information about our job fair on November 10th. Uh, you'll meet a whole bunch of great people who uh, who will, I hope, inspire you to join the church. And if even if you don't come to that job fair, keep an eye out for other jo- uh, church work because it's, it's quite fulfilling. So everyone, thank you very much for joining me today. And to our listeners, uh, thank you as well. And we'll be talking to you again next week. Thanks, everybody.